All right, so I'm talking to my man, Jesse Rodriguez, man. How's it going? How you feeling, bro? Good. You feeling pretty good? Pretty chill. So, it's funny, man. We, we've... We met through KTSW, yeah. and it's it's crazy because like we've done so many collaborations. I work with you on the article that you created, but we've never met in person until right now. Oh, how, the, how does that feel for you, man? It's a uh, it's good, man. I mean, with COVID and all, it's like it makes you feel a little bit more like like introverted, definitely. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to like go back into expressing yourself in person and all that. I'm, I know in Zoom, I'm always like, yeah, I'm just chilling. <laughs> and a few words, but like, I try to be a little bit more out there. A little bit more charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I want to start from the beginning, bro. And you told me before, you're from Del Rio, Texas. Yes, it's a border town. What memories stand out to you, man, just, just growing up there? Man, I don't know. Going to like the high school is definitely a key thing, just because uh, I had media tech. It's like an audiovisual class there, so it was like, that's where I fell in love with like, like audio and like like visuals and stuff like that. I got into movies a lot, and beforehand I was already into music, but uh, that class really like kind of brought my creativity out. Mm. And then uh, when I met my girlfriend in college, we were in a creative arts club, and that was like a key moment because I got into a, there's a place in my hometown called the Casa de la Cultura, mm-hmm. and it's like a, they have all the art stuff, all the music stuff. So going there was like like really like a, a great experience, you know. House of the Culture? Yeah. Okay. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, the translation, man. Un poquito, man. It's a little bit. But uh, one, it was interesting to me because, well, you mentioned, well, you just mentioned, like, the movie aspect, man. Yeah. Like, what kind of films did you watch growing up? Uh, a bunch of Wes Anderson movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched, well, that's more like my adolescent, like, teenage stuff. But, like, when I was little, I, I just watched whatever, like, my mom put on. I remember the first movie I ever saw, like, 50 First Dates. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's funny, man. But I got into Wes Anderson and, like, uh, of course, like Tarantino and stuff like that. So I got into screenwriting, but that that was like kind of just like a hobby, uh, like apart from music and stuff like that. Screenwriting. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Childish Gambino, yeah, and sure. people who know me personally know about that. I don't know if you ever read the script for the Because of the Internet album. Dude, I've always been trying to read it, but like, I don't know, I'm like too lazy to <laughs> <laughs> procrastinate it. No, I think it's, it's definitely worth the read, though. I think yeah, you would enjoy it. But sure. um, I know one of the articles that you wrote was called The New Era of Soul, when we were, you know, working for KTSW and everything. And it was interesting, you mentioned in, like, a quote, you said, growing up in a predominantly Hispanic area, listening to oldies was a way of life and a major part of my upbringing. What artists do you remember being played? What artists do you remember your family, your friends playing? Like, what was, like, the, the home environment like? Well, my uncle, um, he put me onto an artist from San Antonio, Sonny Osuna, mm-hmm. and there's a song called uh, Put Me in Jail. So that was, like, a key song for me. And it kind of opened the door to the, the that kind of style that I like. And apart from that, they put in a bunch of like Mexican oldies, like uh, Sonora Dinamita and like um, like Selena, of course. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that really opened the door for like the kind of style that I, that I like, like Is pop it, music and oldies at the same time. Do you feel like there's like a nostalgic feeling when you when you hear that music today? Yeah, of course, for yeah. sure. It definitely brings you back. Yeah. But um, as far as like as you were starting to get older, starting to mature. What was the what was the entry level into hip hop, man? That's one thing that I feel like everyone has their own unique story with that. And I think a lot of the times the artist or the album that you first listen to in the genre kind of impacts the way you see the rest of it going forward. Yeah. So for me, I mean, hip hop was always a part of my life just because it was like what was on the radio and stuff like that. So early on, Drake, my sister loved Drake. Um, uh, and then she got into the Forest Hills Drive album. Yeah, when that came out, that was like, 
it really, because before I was like, I don't really like hip hop, but then that album came out, I was like, that shit was like, <laughs> it took me to the next level. So like, I was already interested in production, but like when I heard Force Hills Drive, um, all the samples and stuff like that, and the song Wet Dreams, like it had like two samples in it. And I, when I got like into that, like deeper research, I found like this new love for hip hop, just because it was so creative. Like you're putting like songs together and like rapping over it. So that's where I found my, my new found perspective for like hip hop and stuff. No, I definitely see that, yeah, man. I think album. it's interesting. You mentioned Forest Hills Drive yeah. and like that whole album just being the concept of J. Cole being in this small town in North Carolina. And yeah. you obviously have that small town kind of uh, background. Was that relatable for you? Did you like see yourself in him in a way? Yeah, definitely. Just because uh, he talked about it like uh, he resonated with his hometown a lot. And it was like kind of like the theme of the album. So listening to that like made me appreciate my hometown too. So I had my own story to tell in that terms too. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, I feel like the people who I've met from Border Town are just like mad chill, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you kind of, you kind of, and also like just like the music that you listen to, and and we'll get later to the music that you create. It's a very like introspective, very like uh, I just think about people just being on their own and thinking about themselves and self exploration. I feel like when you're when you're not around as many people, you have more room to do that. Yeah. You feel like. When you were just growing up in Del Rio, did you have a lot of time to yourself and to really like reflect on your on your just your being and who you are as a person? Yeah, definitely, man. I think uh, pretty much the whole time I just reflected. I mean, Del Rio is so like, you know, like after like ten o'clock, there's like no cars on the streets, or like early in the morning. I mean, there's like not much to do. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of it's like a blank canvas. I like to say, you know, like it may be boring, it may be slow, but like there's so much more things to do um, by yourself. And, like, just to take the, that alone time is, like, just eye-opening because it makes you realize what you want in life and stuff like that. So that's pretty much what it was. I really like that, man. A blank canvas, man. Yeah. It gives you the opportunity to, to create a lot more stuff. Definitely. Coming to San Marcos, right? So it's, like, almost double the size of Del Rio. And you're in the shadow of big cities like Austin, San Antonio. Austin obviously has been blowing up over the last, like, decade. There's yeah. mad opportunity. There's a lot, a lot of history of music and culture. What was that experience like for you, man, coming to... And what made you decide to come to Texas State? Well, I mean, for... As in terms of that, it's always, like, small towns. I don't know if you've ever seen movies, like, based in Texas. And, like, they're, like... It's about a small town. There's always that, like, thing where they want to get out to the big city. And my whole life in Del Rio has been, like, Austin, like, is the place to be. And especially with music. Um, and that's where that's really what drove me, like wanting to go to Austin in the first place and San Marcos but uh, for Texas State my girlfriend was going and she was just like there's so much there there's KTSW there and it kind of like made me realize that there's more like Austin's cool but there's also more areas around there that are like equally mm -hmm. as cool and equally as cultural and stuff like that so, you mentioned like the niche spots to hit up and whatnot. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a lot of room to explore and find those little places that are sentimental and I've had my own experiences with that yeah. and that the perfect transition, man. What are some of the, the go-to spots for you that you've explored or just places that you've been wanting to go and, and kind of put on put us on and all the listeners onto places that we could kind of visit? Oh, here in San Marcos? Yeah. Damn, man. I don't know. My girlfriend and I just go eat all the time. <laughs> but we, I mean, like, lately we've been going to, like, just, like, hitting up all the local eats, like Gumby's. Gumby's Pizza, yeah. 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 So, um, mainly just restaurants and stuff, but I thought... Because of COVID, you know, because the live music hasn't been a big thing. Mm. Um, but I don't know if you know Eli Joseph. Uh, I don't think I'm familiar. Uh, local San Marcos artist. Uh, 
he performed at Industry. Mm-hmm. So that was my, our first like opening to like live music at uh, San Marcos at like a restaurant, just like an overall like chill vibe. You know what I mean? That place is relatively new, actually. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting you mentioned that and. When it comes to those, oh, back to the Gummies pizza, I always got the one with the, <laughs> I get the french fries on the pizza, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? I think it's called the Stoner Pizza. Stoner Pizza, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious, I used to always get that one. Yeah. It was like, it was funny, I'd be like, I'd wake up and just be like, man, I need some, I'm really hungry today, french get one of those, on just, I'm done for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going to the food coma, man. <laughs> Speaking of food, man, what did like, I know you mentioned more of the restaurant kind of deal, like, yeah. what are like some of the go-to spots, bro, as far as food goes? And, uh, go-to spots. Uh, actually, a new place that just opened is a Fudge Ram, 88, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the, at the square, and my girlfriend had been there. We've been there already, like, twice. We went there yesterday, actually. So, uh, that's pretty much our go-to right now. What is, how does the food stack up compared to Del Rio, man? Chill, man. <laughs> you know, competition, man. Del Rio is home, man. Like, mm-hmm. the tacos are better, obviously. <laughs> Mexican food is just, like, uh, my girlfriend and I is, like, harp. You know what I mean? So, yeah. home is, like, pretty much where... That's always the big thing, man. Everyone has, everyone's hometown or whatever, like, especially when it comes to Mexican food, I just feel like it's just... Like there's always this kind of competition kind of aspects, almost similar to hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> it's super competitive, man, which is super funny to me. But uh, I definitely feel that, man. When it comes to music and the music that you heard when you arrived in San Marcos, what were you hearing? What were your peers like talking about? Like, what was kind of the music that you heard around when you when you first got here? Shit, man. Well. That's a really good question because, like, when I got into KTSW, I knew. I mean, like, I hadn't really listened to the station as much. I, I had heard some songs on there, and um, well, I, I knew that going into it, it was going to be the indie. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the scene and all the new music in terms of that, like style, was going to be there. So when I first came to San Marcos, it was like total indie, indie rock, like shoegaze, like like mm-hmm. chill music, like that, and it's kind of like. I want to say San Marcos has its sound, you know what I mean? Like, it's indie rock, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the artist, uh, San Marcos artist, uh, Pool Boy Blue. I, think this is I feel like I've heard of him. This is the funny part, yeah. Yeah, so he's like cloud rap kind of vibe, uh, and I think that San Marcos has that, like, ambient, like, indie, like, aesthetic to it, so that's what's pretty cool about this place. Yeah, it's funny, especially driving around today, obviously it's a really sunny day outside, I'm just yeah. like, it kind of feels like you're in one of those kind of independent movies sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And even you give me the you give me the vibe of like a character I mean, one of those kind of movies. <laughs> the funny part. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting you mentioned. I didn't even know this. You mentioned that you had known about KTSW prior to getting yeah. here, um, and for me that was not the case. Yeah. Like, how did you? Like, what was your introduction? Like, who put you onto that? Uh, my girlfriend definitely. She she was like, because um, I was always like, man, I want to go and I want to do some cool shit. So she was like, there's a radio station there, college radio station in KTSW, and they have all these jobs. I'm sure they'll hire you just because, you know, it's an internship. So I was already really interested. I went into it, like, really wanting to go, and I ended up getting into it, so it was pretty cool. What was the application process like for you, man? Man, this is long. <laughs> yeah, man, it, was all, it was all good. Um, I like the questions that I asked just because I know that they're looking for people interested in music. So um, they have questions like... Uh, like your favorite song on KTSW, give me some facts about it, or like music journalism is like top 10 artists or something like that. So I think that's really a, 
a cool process for KTSW. You told me in a meeting that you had done work for the, in, in DJing and you yeah. played music on the station. When you first applied, were you interested in DJing exclusively or like uh, which, which one came first, the music journalism or the DJing? Or was it like at the same? Shit, man. Well, I think it was at the same level. I wanted to DJ just because I knew that it was like the, the center of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're behind the, the soundboard and it's like you're right there with people in the car and stuff like that. So DJing was kind of, I want to say it was more so, but I was also equally as interested as music journalism, just because I knew uh, the CD bundles and stuff like that. I thought that was a really cool aspect of the job. But overall, I think after looking back, I think taking, I took away more from the DJ job than, you know, I took both, more from both, but DJing was like, it opened my, like, like mind to different types of music. So no, I definitely cool. see that. Yeah. Especially when you're just you're on the boards lining up the yeah. queuing up the songs <laughs> and whatnot. So For sure. you know, you have like hours of time just to listen to it and really think. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, man, like you were I remember our first meeting we had, it was earlier this year, I think it was like in January or something like that. I might be mistaken. Yeah. But I remember we all went around and we got a chance to introduce ourselves to the, all the other KTSW people. Uh, in music specifically, and I remember when you went and you you talked about yourself, introduced yourself. I remember thinking like, man, I think this guy would be interested in hip hop. Yeah, that was one of the first things. I never told you that, but I I, I, I thought about that. It's cool that you remember that. Yeah, though. and and I remember that, and I remember like after the fact when everyone was choosing like the genre, we split each other up and which genre we're gonna cover. And, you know, at the time it was called the rap group. And I personally took a big problem with that. I wanted it to be changed to the hip hop group, which eventually we got done. And I remember like we finished and everyone had chose their genre. And then like we only had like a couple people (laughs) in the hip hop group. And I kind of went in and did my like my death row pitch to everyone. Like, hey, man, y'all need to come. If you want, you know what I mean? If you're trying to like get put on or whatever. What made you What made you switch to, to hip-hop? Because you initially picked general, I think, right? Well, yeah, I picked general. Just because at the time, I, I thought, like, you could be in both. But, yeah. like, um, I more so wanted hip-hop because it was a challenge. Because I had been producing, like, indie music and stuff. I got into Steve Lacey, so that's kind of, like, off-topic. But um, it took me away from hip-hop. And hip-hop was, like, where I found, like, a, like fundamentals for, like, producing and, like, my knowledge of, like, samples and stuff like that, as far as that goes. So I wanted to challenge myself, get back into it and write about it. And it was a freaking challenge, man. It was hard, man. I had to push myself. But that's really what I wanted to be in hip-hop for. No, I definitely feel that, man. It's funny. You were like the first person to send a message, actually. Yeah. I remember I actually looked up our, our messages the other day just to get prepared for this. And we were seeing like the first message. And I was like, hey, man, I'm you know, trying to be a part of the hip-hop group. Yeah. And I was like, hey, let's, let's do it, man. Let's make some, let's make some magic, bro. <laughs> for sure. For sure, bro. Um, what was your experience like? In the, like I, speaking on the, the journalism side, the writing side, yeah. I know you have like your in electronic media. I want to touch on that soon. But what was your entry point to, to writing? Was, it, was this like your... Like when did you first start getting into writing? Oh, uh, so? shit, man. Well, um, my bad. I don't know if I can cuss, but... <laughs> I mean, it's, it, we letting it fly, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but, Just don't use the hard ones. For sure. <laughs> uh, in terms of writing, I was, always, like like I said, movies got me to screenwriting. But that was kind of a hobby. Um, I was just kind of like copying Tarantino dialogue and stuff like that. Interested in writing there, but um, when I got to Texas State, I really kind of just wanted to like... I was never a good writer. And my girlfriend's always like, you you suck at essay. Like, <laughs> you're not good. I'm like, all right, but I'm going to push myself here. Like, and getting into journalism, I was like, that's perfect. Like, but that's also hard because I'm in electronic media. So it was kind of writing intensive. But I think 
um, it kind of sparked like my interest in journalism for sure. KTW. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you say that, you know, you felt like you weren't a good writer because like yeah. me having been able to, you know, have my fingerprints on the articles that you wrote and yeah. kind of seeing the behind the scenes before things were released and whatnot and, and really see the, the trajectory and the journey that you had this semester. I was always like, man, this guy is so talented, bro. Yeah. And I remember saying that to you. I was like, man, he's really about this. I really saw a lot of potential in you, man. You really lived up to it as well. Yeah, but so. what was your experience like, man, just entering hip-hop and, and, and writing on the genre? I know you said it was a challenge for you and you wanted that. Yeah. But what was your experience like just within the hip-hop group at KTSW? Uh, I noticed that, like, because when I think of hip-hop, I think of my style of hip-hop. You know what I mean? Like, my, my interest in hip-hop. But uh, I forget there's, like different like styles of hip-hop and getting into it that you guys were playing like young cheesy and stuff like that (laughs) and so i was like man like i need to open my the doors to different styles of hip-hop and i think that's really what i took away from it just because you know and uh like now i'm like i gotta keep my eyes because like just last night j cole and like isaiah rashad the interlude yeah yeah so i was like i just i gotta be more on top of it it took time to listen to both of them and i think that's what it really helped me you know yeah, that's funny, man, because, like, <laughs> there really is so many different layers to the genre. Yeah. And part of the reason, again, like, when I was I was saying that uh, I didn't really like the fact that it was put in a box of just, like, rap. Like, yeah. yeah. And every time I saw it, I was like, man, there's so much more to do. And that's kind of part of the pitch that I do. I was like, man, we cover this and this and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, y'all got to put respect on our name. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, that's, that's really interesting, man. And. You know, it's, it's funny, I've been trying to get you on to, to Freddie Gibbs, where I've mentioned him a few times in the meeting, bro. I don't know if you've, you've had a chance. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know a lot of the song, because I don't remember, like, the titles or... But there's one song that I was already into, I think it was called, um... I don't remember what it's called, but it's it's definitely off the Piñata album, I think. Piñata, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's really that kind of, like, style that I like. It's interesting, that one's... That's the Madlib produced one, yeah. Yeah, and he did another one with, with uh, Madlib Bandana. Yeah, and it's interesting because you're in the MF Doom, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's the, the correlation there, man. I'm, yeah. And I really love uh, the production, bro. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit to, to you know go on the MF Doom point. Tell me a little bit more about like your fandom of him and like I know obviously you know it was unfortunate the passing of him last year, but you know like what was your experience like listening to him? Uh, MF Doom. Yeah. So. Man, I got great, I got great memories with like MF Doom. So like, uh, my brother and I used to listen to uh, Mad Villain a lot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was like a just a great experience with him and like our friends and stuff like that. And I would the uh, like going back to Del Rio and like alone time and like really like uh, becoming yourself and all that. Uh, I would skateboard by myself in Del Rio. Mm. I'm not good, but like, <laughs> shit, I would go um, skateboard like at night, and I would listen to the whole Mad Villain album, and. Uh, and mm food. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's probably my favorite personally. And the yeah. special herbs albums, the beats. So mm-hmm. that was really like I connect MF Doom to home. You know what I mean? That's really interesting, man. I just think it's so cool because I feel like in in a way, at least from me, you know, seeing you and everything, and uh, I think MF Doom is one of those artists I feel like almost like encapsulates your kind of music taste because yeah. there's just endless amounts of samples and yeah, all kinds true. of stuff, especially with. The, the Madlib uh, affiliation and like I like guess sometimes I would always say like when you listen to MF Doom it's kind of like you're watching cartoons yeah with, with raps like, <laughs> like straight up like sometimes it'll just be like 30 seconds of like a Spider-Man from the 60s like a, yeah. like a cartoon and stuff I think that's hilarious <laughs> it's really like, what's the favorite song though man or at least like some of the top ones for me damn uh, definitely Curls Curls is like yeah. number one for me just cause it's super nostalgic that sample is like 
it's one of the samples that you wouldn't think is a hip hop beat. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you wouldn't expect it to be used that way. So curls, um, I'm blanking out right now. <laughs> no, I feel you. Man. But um, uh, one beer. Yeah, one beer. That's that's, that's mine. That's mine right there, bro. That sample was yeah. ridiculous, man. And I and it's funny. I don't know if you're on TikTok. I'm actually not. But uh, that that song, the sample is used in a lot of TikTok. It's like very popular. Really? On TikTok. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I had no clue, man. You put yeah. me on stuff I didn't even know. Yeah, sure. And, and especially the the M food one, like, I just think it's so interesting. Like, the, he really sticks to the concepts yeah. of like, hey, diabetes is a problem. You know, there's only one beer left. <laughs> <laughs> All that kind of stuff. But um, the storytelling aspect is like really intriguing. I think, and also just you having the background of just like film and writing scripts and creating stories. Yeah. Like, I definitely see that correlation there. But it touched on the electronic media thing. Like, how did you get involved with electronic media? I know you're you're interested in San Marcos, you're interested in Texas State, KTSW, et cetera. But like, you know, what have those classes been like for you so far? Well, it's been really. I like. I really like it, honestly, because it's like I wanted a major that wasn't because I originally wanted to get into sound recording technology, mm-hmm. and I also just wanted to be a music major. But I was like, man, I gotta keep it practical. Like, a yeah. little bit of, so um, I was really interested in like the mass comm. Uh, at Texas State just because it was a blend of everything yeah. and especially me leaning more towards like m- like film and TV and stuff like that and of course music it touches on that a little bit but more so like everything you know what I mean it was like a broad thing electronic media was very broad and it's something that I was already like aware of you know what I mean going into it so I feel like it was a perfect match in that way this is the conclusion of your, your freshman year right uh Junior. Junior. Okay, my yeah. fault, my fault, my fault. Did you mention you mentioned the uh, you coming in like fall of twenty twenty? Yeah. That's why I was confused. Uh well I'm I don't even know how it works, man, but it says I'm a junior. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know. But I'll I'll take your word for it, man. Yeah, I'll take your sure. word for it. But what what advice would you give to, to those interested in electronic media and like those who want to pursue that major? Well, I uh, I think go for it. Just cause it's it's just, like I said it's broad um, definitely get into anything outside of that like you know like it has like movies TV radio and music so it's like there's plenty of hobbies to get into outside of your major to like work like educate yourself on your major at the same time you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like I think it's funny when people are like um, college is a scam or something like that. Mm. It's kind of like off topic, but it's like... No, it's, it's never off topic. Is it you, though? Yeah, for sure. So it's like, um, when they say that, it's like, I'm like, is it really, though? Because, like, there's some, like, KTSW is, like, one of the many opportunities and clubs and stuff that's out there. So, like, if you're getting into electronic major, don't stop there. Keep going and, like, get into music clubs, get into KTSW. I think that's, like, the perfect way to branch out and, like, and uh, really make the best out of your college experience. No, I agree. It's definitely being at Texas State exclusively, like, there's so many experiences and, and opportunities here that you really just got to take advantage of. Yeah, sure, like, man. actually. Um, but let's get into the producing side, man. This, okay. is, this is the exciting part to me, at least. Yeah. Um, not that, you know, everything's been exciting. <laughs> we, we getting the, the fingerprints on the actual music now. Yeah. Um, how did you get into producing? I know you have this super long background of, like, just listening to soul music yeah. and samples and all kinds of stuff. And you really give me that kind of, like, that crate digging kind yeah. of vibe. I don't know, I want to ask you, like, do you, would you call yourself, a, like, a backpack rapper? Dude, <laughs> dude honestly, I, like, I'm, I like that term a lot. Yeah. Just because it's, like, the whole culture behind, like, Tribe Called Quest, that's, like, my first thought, backpack yeah. rapper. Like, Q-Tip is definitely one of my favorites just because he was so, like, 
knowledgeable on samples and just uh, geeking out on the NPC. That's something that, I mean, I don't have an NPC, but yeah. like, that's really cool to me, for sure. I think it's interesting, man. Like, so with, with, with that background, how did you enter the producing kind of realm of yeah. things? Well, it's a funny story, man. I like, my cousin got me, when I was like 11 years old, my cousin played uh, Skrillex. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites, that song. And I was like, my brain freaking exploded. I was like, yo, like, my first thought was like, how do you make sounds like that? And so I got into uh, FL Studio. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're aware of that, but like, FL Studio is like the big, like, uh, hip hop uh, DAW, like, that everyone uses yeah. to make beats. But back then, I used it to make EDM and stuff, which was what it was made for, I think. And so I got into EDM at first, uh, but then when Forest Hills Drive, like we were talking about, that's when I got into hip hop. And there's another artist, lo-fi artist, uh, his name is uh, Beside You. Okay. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with him, but uh, that's what really opened my, like, my mind to like samples and stuff too. So I got into hip hop then with Forest Hills Drive and that artist. And for years in high school, I think all of high school, I made hip hop and for like, all like all of my high school like time, I try to make like a group. <laughs> and I, to be honest, it's kind of cringy, but I performed at the Battle of the Bands. Really? Yeah, I performed. That's a, crazy. I performed. A, uh, it was a J Cole song. I forget what song. It, uh, was it off the Forest Hills? Or yeah, no? it was No Role Models. No Role Models. <laughs> yeah, man. I had my friend on bass, and I played keyboards, and we and I was rapping No Role Models. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so cringe. And I played Ultra Light Beam. Really? by Kendrick Lamar oh dude also Kendrick Lamar that's when I got because that was more my sister like Forrest was driving I was like that's my sister kind of stuff and Kendrick Lamar was when I got into my kind of like my yeah. my like style that really touched you yeah huh? for sure and uh, what's it called uh, To Pimp a Butterfly was definitely like the greatest album I've ever yeah. heard was that the first one that you listened to from him? yeah honestly the first yeah. hip hop album I like chose to listen to it was yeah. also the first hip hop album I bought on vinyl Wow. Yeah, so it was like really inspirational to me. The production was like a blend of like the funk, soul, hip hop. Like it was like what hip hop is, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's all the different blends and it really has the, the roots yeah. in it, you know? For sure. Uh, it's funny, you mentioned like the Kendrick Lamar and Tempa Butterfly. You had written an article about like it was, it was uh, dedicated to women yeah. that had made music that was sampled um, in predominant like hip hop. Hip- Hip hop songs, yeah. and one of them was like the one from from Mama, right? Yeah, off that off that uh, that record. And it's funny because that's one of my favorite songs on that whole album, yeah, actually. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, I don't know how you feel about that one. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite songs too. Um, man, there's plenty of good songs on there. Uh, I though is like definitely oh, one of yeah, man. Just Isley Brothers samples, the, man. Exactly. Let's like, go. It's like a major flip of a sample, like, and it's funny. It's like the first couple seconds of the sample too, and and. He made it into a whole different thing, which is pretty cool. It's funny. That's actually my alarm clock song. Yeah, really? Yeah, I wake up every day. I've been, you know, since, like, that album came out. Actually, yeah. well, I remember I was the, the single that came out before yeah. that. And there was, like, a different version on the project. It's like a live version. I love the live version on that album. Yeah. And it has, there's a whole, like, story to it as well. And there's, yeah. like, some spoken word kind of elements. But, yeah, man, the, the single one is the one I listen to, like, every yeah. every morning, I guess. So, it's, like, the first thing I hear. Mantra, dude. Yeah. yeah <laughs> did you watch the, the Isley Brothers versus Earth, Wind & Fire uh, versus? Did you hear about that? I haven't seen that. You should definitely check that out, bro, because yeah, yeah. they did, like, a, a versus kind of battle. It was more of, like, a... 
it, it wasn't as uh, you know competitive, I'd say, yeah. but it was, it was definitely a really fun experience. How about you? What do you prefer, uh, Earthwind? I know you probably uh, prefer Earthwind and Fire, right? Or yeah, man. Um, this is your interview, but I'll derail it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, my, my dad was actually a, uh, he worked in a music store a long really? time ago. Yeah. And he would like sell like, like records and everything and then like eventually CDs and stuff like that. And he was always like super into Earth, Wind & Fire, man. And mm-hmm. um, so we have like all the, the vinyls, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like I can just open them up and they even feel old because they came from yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> so it's like it, it's a real nostalgic feeling. You open them up, the dudes with like afros and all this African like heritage and, like and the giant, you know, flamboyant <laughs> uh, fits on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so definitely, yeah, I mean, it's, that's always the, the wave I'm going to go go towards because that was kind of my introduction to music, really. Man, that's awesome. But uh, Isley Brothers, you cannot put enough respect on the name, bro. Just like really... It's funny, I always see them kind of as like the Bible for hip-hop in a way. Because yeah. it really is like the beginning of all these samples that have been taken from them and all the music that they've been able to create. Well, when you look at Footsteps in the Dark, that sample is the Ooh. drum beat alone is sampled in every song. song. <laughs> every song, from Thundercat to like, to freaking Ice Cube. Ice Cube, yeah. It covers so much, so much ground and uh, like, that song is great in itself, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it can stand on its own for sure. Yeah, for but, sure. That's, that's the interesting part because all those songs are like smashes at the time yeah. and still live on now but the fact that they've been sampled too it's like the songs obviously have already had their own origin in, in legend but like they live on for so long yeah, and, and you're seeing them today like that's why I really do see them as kind of like the bible of the genre really yeah. and uh, that's why 70s music is kind of like well 50s, 60s but like 70s was kind of my kind yeah. of vibe I feel like for all of hip hop 70s is hip-hop's favorite drummer. You know what exactly, I mean? yeah. That's why so many people like Terry Pollard because he's very 70s kind of like style. Yeah, Kevin Parker. I, mean? I would yeah. say. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, because you think about like just like late 70s, 80s, the origin and whatnot. And yeah. then like you think about everyone growing up and that's what they're listening to. So that's what they're, that's, that's the records they're yeah. taking off and finding the breaks and stuff like that. For sure. I guess you've been the Grandmaster Flash of like yeah. <laughs> your group that she created. Yeah, man. <laughs> It's funny, bro. And it, back to the production side, man. Like, I thought it was interesting. You sent me. I got to see some of the the, the music that you created, man. And yeah. for those who don't know, who are listening, tight beats. You know, they're the beats that you make that are like kind of like a imitation of an artist or a producer that has a, a sound that you're kind of looking for, and you're kind of making your own original spin on that, which is is very hip hop oriented. If you think about the yeah, the concept. You go by the name, the alias Model Blonde. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's funny hearing it in person, man. Yeah, it's, it's funny. so funny, man. I, and, and you even like you even have like some of the beach for sale as well. Yeah. You can hit them up at uh, modelblonde at gmail.com <laughs> yeah, if, sure. if you want to get some of those beats. And I think you, you've covered, well, not covered, but you've created beats from the likes of like uh, Daft Punk to, you know, Kevin Parker and Tam Paula, like. What has been your favorite, man? And what has that experience been like making those beats? Um, well, there's not a lot of the beats that I put up there like in 2019 and 2020. Um, but I would say the ones that are on, aren't on there are like Steve Lacey type beats. Mm-hmm. So for me, Steve Lacey as an artist opened the door for like guitar and stuff. That's when I got into that kind of music. Model Blonde, I, I would say, is my alias for like the more uh, indie side. And I know that I have a lot of Daft Punk and stuff like that on there, but that's kind of the progression of it. Because before I was making like again Steve, Steve Lacey type beats, like uh, Boy Pablo. I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. So indie kind of stuff. And um, uh, so yeah, like 
that whole thing for me was kind of like I had mixtapes and stuff that I, I wanted to put out, mm-hmm. but I was like, no man, I'm just gonna sell this. <laughs> I'm just gonna make some bread real quick. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and I really wanted to like um, open the doors because, like we said, type beats are for hip hop. Like that's where it kind of came from. But I wanted type beats to be like, oh, there can be a Strokes type beat. Yeah, there could be a Daft Punk type beat. You know what I mean? For the Beatles, yeah, Mac DeMarco, yeah. Exactly. So it was like. Uh, that was pretty cool. I feel like there's a, a cool community there uh, for artists that do make type beats, and uh, like, yeah, pretty much a cool outlet. It's funny the the people you mention. There's always like a correlation I see between yourself and the artists. Yeah. For instance, like MF Doom, all the heavy samples, and, and really kind of like the mysterious kind of vibe, and you being not necessarily mysterious, but you're very like kind of laid back and to yourself a bit. Yeah. Even though I feel like you do have a lot of stuff to say, which is interesting. And then J Cole being a small town dude. Big dreams. Yeah. Appreciate a bar from him. <laughs> um, we're missing, missing a few things in between, but um, there's him, and then you talk about Steve Lacey, and Steve Lacey having this this background of like doing stuff on Garage Band. Exactly. Was that relatable for, or was that, like inspiring for you, like seeing like such a young guy make all this amazing music from like his cell phone? Yeah, dude, that that's definitely like it put some like not uh, excuse my French, but the battery. Like, you put it put a battery pack in your battery. Battery. We'll say that instead. Yeah, <laughs> put a battery in my back, man. And I was like, he's he's young, just like me. And, like, he is making vastly, like, greater beats on his phone than I am on my laptop. And at that time, I hadn't even played guitar. So, um, I, even though I had a guitar, um, I never learned it until Steve Lacey. He was like, mm. I was like, man, if he can do it, like, on his phone, I'm going to do it, too, because I got a laptop. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And... Uh, yeah, he he definitely like put a battery in my back in that terms, and I think I owe it a lot to him because it's like he was a very like big advocate of like using what you have. Yeah. So there's no excuse. That's yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like what I do with music now, going into it like today even. You mentioned the guitar, man. What what is kind of like the the instrumental kind of background for you? Like, what instruments do you play? What have you been intrigued by? Um, I, I don't like to think that I'm a good like I like to think of it like this. I'm not good at any specific instrument. I'm good at the computer. Like I'm good at, <laughs> good at the computer. The digital copy, side. Yeah. yeah, I'm good at copying, pasting, and editing and stitching it together. Because when you record a guitar, you might suck, but when you edit it on a computer, you're good. But as terms in terms of instruments, I play like the bass, mm-hmm. um, the synthesizer. I have like a, a micro chord. I don't know if you know about that. But um, a guitar. I got a Stratocaster and uh, a Les Paul. I was recently gifted a Les Paul. And uh, what else? I think that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, you hear a lot of those synths in the music as well. Yeah. I, I I heard the bass, especially on the, the Tame Impala one you did. Yeah. But um, that's so interesting, man. I, one of the things that's always fascinated me, I think it's always, uh, like, it, it's not always talked about, but the producer tags are always so, like, almost career-defining in a way because that yeah. really is, like, your mark. And, like, when you hear your music... You get to hear that producer tag and like kind of defines who you are in a way. And there's been really iconic ones through the years, obviously. Do you have a favorite producer tag? Kenny Beats. Kenny Beats. Dude, woke, when I hear that woke Kenny, I'm like, oh man, it's like perfect, like a perfect freaking producer tag of all time, man. Yeah. And, uh, DJ Khaled. DJ. <laughs> no, I know you're trolling, bro. Yeah, but, but like Kenny Beats for sure. That's my favorite producer tag of all time. How did you go about making the model blonde one? Uh, man, that's interesting. So, um, at that time, I was really into that 70s show. Yeah. And uh, there was a clip, and it's from the episode, it's like from, the, I think it's the first season, and it's a Christmas episode. 
and uh, there's a girl, and she says, Marubon, like, yeah. she says that, and, but she, it's like, she's drunk, so she's saying something, I forgot what it is, but I heard that, and I was like, dude, that was like, that's it, that's fire, man, so yeah. I, I, like, freaking, uh, I got the, like, the episode on YouTube, and I, like, just cut it, and that became my tag. Yes, it's interesting you say that, because it reminds me of, uh, Pierre Bourne, yeah. and there's, like, the, he's, he's kind of, he's the Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx. Like, and he's like, I forgot what show it is, but, like, he's like, yeah playing a waiter and he makes his noise with the door opens yeah. and then like he, no one has any clue that that's like yo Pia you wanna come out here yeah. but that's so, it's so hilarious you kind of have that correlation there but sure, how did the like was the name did that come from that as well uh, from this that 70 show Model Blunt yeah it came yeah. from that she, she says Model Blunt and that's that was like when I heard that I was like what the like that's mm-hmm. two weird words put together you know? so it wasn't just the name it was the name and the sound all of it in yeah. one in one setting exactly that's crazy bro it's like, thought of that. pretty lucky and then I'm like I'm worried they're gonna be like copyright me one day <laughs> Look, I mean they might know now that we're yeah. doing the interview which is funny but um Pink Box bro oh dude Pink yeah, Box dude. <laughs> Pink Box you're so fascinating bro <laughs> you're so you're so interesting bro you know like uh, before I came here I was telling my girlfriend I was like man you know what I sent you a Pink Box and she started laughing because I was like it's kind of funny, man. I'm not going to know how to answer any questions about Pinkbox. I got, I got questions for you, bro. That's the, that's the fun part. You in, so Pinkbox is a lot of things. Yeah. But in your Spotify bio for Pinkbox, is like a, it's, this is like an alter ego in a way, yeah. kind of alias as well for, for producing and music. You, in, in the bio, it's like the man, there's this story about a man. The man is quoted. Yeah. He's transported to 1978. And a Pinkbox is telling him to create an album that people from the past and present can really appreciate and it's such a fascinating kind of thing and I, I, it's funny because like it kind of encapsulates the music and you as well just having like the, the, the that 70s kind of background and that old school like oldies kind of vibe and then also knowing that he says like the the knowing the present day music as well having that kind of knowledge and and that kind of deal how did that come about, bro? How did this whole, this whole, what is the, the, you're telling the origin story on the Spotify bio? Like, what is, you tell me what the origin story is. For sure, man. So, it's kind of like a long time in the making. Like, I mean, it's not really like that deep, but like, um, last summer, I was kind of like in a stump because I, I like Monoblon, but for me, that's more like the business aspect of it. Like, I make tight beats for Monoblon, and that's a different type of sound. So I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, you know, like, I'm going to be like Kevin Parker. Like, I'm going to do myself. I can't have a band, you know, because of COVID. But uh, I told her, and I was sitting on the couch with her, and I was like, how about Pink Box? Like, how's that, like, that sound? She's like, that's, I don't know. I don't care. That sounds good. <laughs> okay, like, and then fast forward to San Marcos. Um, uh, Pink Box started off as, like, uh, jazzy, because I was making, like, uh, stuff on the Fender Rose. I mean, I don't have one, but, like, on the keyboard yeah. and, and stuff like that. And I was like, maybe it could be like a jazz kind of thing, like Pink Box. That sounds, that sounds interesting. But then um, I was kind of interested in the idea of like having like a fake band, mm-hmm. like saying, um, you know, like, oh, I'm in a band and, and stuff, but it was just me. It kind of sounds, <laughs> sounds crazy, man. But like, it kind of grew into just like the idea of like uh, um, me liking the 70s and the way that the 70s was experimental, like Sgt. Pepper's and and pet pet sounds by the beat the beach boys yeah that was really like when you look at that that's a fun time for making music experimental and i think it like shaped the way we listen to music now so with pink box i was like i want to make like 
an alter ego that's like some guy, you know, gonna make it. You got like you got the mystery to it. You yeah, know what I, mean? With no, I definitely, I definitely see that. For like, for whatever reason, I was just like, the man. You know, he's going back in time to the '70s to really like uh, use the equipment that's there to like. Um, because now we got laptops and stuff, we can make easy music on the go, but back then you had to use tape and you got to learn your instruments and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, that's really the, like, the idea behind it is, is also going back into Steve Lacey is using what you have because people back, the Beatles use like a four track mixture to make Sgt. Peppers, yeah. you know? And so I should have no excuse because I got a laptop, you know what I mean? So I'm putting myself into like the 70s uh, production perspective not only because it's my favorite, but it's the most challenging, and I'm like, I'm trying to bring that sound back. You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. No, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good explanation yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, at least. It's a whole lot, man. It's, <laughs> I can go on and on all day, man. No, I can definitely, I mean, it's a passion, bro. Yeah. The two singles that you have on there, yeah. That Night and Morning Sun, I was really impressed, man. Yeah. I really was. I was really impressed. I really enjoyed them. Excellent. I actually played them quite a bit, and they're actually on my, uh, my library on yeah. Apple Music now, so... You're right there next to J. Cole's. It's a high honor, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, it's it's funny, bro. That night, I thought it was interesting. Like, you you feel the the atmospheric kind of, like, spacey vibe, and then there's also, like, the synth notes, and you... you, you, What was so interesting was, like, there's vocals. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be just, like, an instrumental, man. Tell tell me about, like, your story just with singing and songwriting. Like, where does that come from? Um... I don't know, man. I think it came from, like, um, I was really, because going back to, like, a lot of artists, Tyler, the creator, you, I don't know if you're, like, familiar with a lot of, like, I mean, Igor and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, one of the critiques is that he can't sing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But he's out here singing, like, you know, uh, are we still friends? It's like, dude, he's, like, singing his heart out. But when he released Flower Boy, I, I wanted to get into um, hip-hop and singing, and yeah. then I got into Steve Lacey, and I was like, man, I'm going to go that route. So I'm going to write songs and I started writing songs and that process became really simple just because um, it was more of like some people go into it like songwriting like oh I got to make a song about this but it's more of just like a free thought kind of thing like you know the first words that come to you is the first words that are going to come out into the song you know what I mean? Do you write first or do you hear the beat first? Uh, I hear the beat first. Hear the beat first? And, and the beat inspires like a word like as soon as I hear the beat I'm like okay I think of a word and that's what's going to be like the, like the idea of the mm-hmm. song so, um, so songwriting came in from like Steve Lacey and stuff I got into that and of course from rap because before I used to like be interested in writing rap and stuff <laughs> I have a pro I forgot to send you that too I got a, like a, a mixtape a rap mixtape let's do it man that came out when I was in like uh, high school but uh, that's off topic but like it's never off topic yeah man for sure it's never off topic and uh, the beats um, that was just the kind of like the natural progression I think from hip hop to like indie to like now and yeah I think it's pretty cool I think it's really cool too yeah, sure. I think a lot of people would, would agree so I mean you have people listening to your music too like yeah. it's not like there's no one listening um, you definitely have a, a, a fan base there as well um, especially you have, a, you have a platform now with KTSW yeah. and when this comes out it'll be really cool I thought it was, the, the song Morning Sun and speaking on the writing and the, and the lyricism, like the opening line is like, baby, don't leave, pull another record from the sleeve. Yeah. Uh, is it show me how to be? Yeah. I was like, it, it was funny. I kept replaying it just to listen to that line. 
And I was like, it's such a clever, kind of witty line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Well, I gotta be honest. I dripped that lyric <laughs> from a, a, a song by Malti Club. Mm. Uh, from a, a song called Skip Tracing. Mm. It's my favorite song. It's kind of like an homage to that song in a way. But it, I resonated with the same lyric. Like, I was like, that's a... Um, uh, really cool it, it was he said in the song I pulled another record from the sleeve so obviously I was like I got a, I got a rhyme right there baby don't leave pull another record from the sleeve and that's kind of like uh, just I don't know it's really uh, vivid has a lot of imagery to it I think it uh, it hits me the same way it probably hits you you know like mm-hmm. just a chill vibe pretty much <laughs> that's interesting man like I know like the music I don't and that's a whole other question. It's like labels. How do you feel about labeling your your own music? Like, do you do you feel like you are you against people trying to put a label on like what exactly you're creating, or is it like is it open to interpretation? How do you feel? I, I kind of feel like it's a kind of like an honor in a way. Like as mm. much as much as people are like, hey, don't label me. Like I, I'm not in a, in a box, which is also kind of like the theory of pink box is like put yourself in a box, but make it like. Make it the best, you know what I mean? I just thought, it's crazy you said that. It all kind of came together in my head. Exactly. So it's like, um, I really would love for people to be like, you're you're like um, pop, you're you're like psych pop, or you're like psychedelic or some some stuff like that. Yeah. Or like, you're like electronica or something like that in the future. I don't know. Like, stuff like that is really like, because that's what I like. So I want other people to be like, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, you're listed on pop under the, on on streaming platforms, but... I, I think to me I got more of like the synth pop kind of vibe, yeah. but it's interesting because you mentioned just like taking inspiration from another line, and that's so like hip hop yeah, driven. Yeah. And we it's fun we talked about that in a meeting that we had for the KTSW hip hop group. I mentioned we're, we're comparing uh, some of Kendrick Lamar's projects to um, Kanye West's projects. One of the things I mentioned was like like Kendrick has a line that's like directly. Um, taken from one of Kanye West's lyrics and like it's almost like the ultimate homage to another lyricist because especially with with hip-hop it's like you get you know tore up if you if you write if you you know rap in someone else's rhymes back in the day for sure yeah but but in a way it's kind of evolved into like a respect thing right and you kind of had that level of respect for that lyric and you put your own kind of flavor onto it yeah for sure so I think that's really interesting I think that's a really good uh, way to look at it I never really looked at it that way but I think hip-hop definitely like um uh, I hear a lot of like rappers and I think it's really cool because it's like you know that they're also listening to the same music that you're listening to so I think I did get that probably from like Kendrick because he does it quite a bit and he doesn't only just do it with rap he does it with like um, well actually a better example is like um, I believe it's Old Dirty Bastard in Wu-Tang Clan ODB yeah yeah where he's uh, he there's a song you by the, on the tracks like, yeah <laughs> there's a song by the Jacksons I don't know if it's him who says it but he he says um he says something like uh, he sings the song and he completely flips it. I think that's a good way. Another example, too. I definitely feel that, man. Um, back to the music side of thing, the writing, like, and in, in, again with hip hop, we mentioned, like, you know, spin someone else's lyrics is like a death sentence almost. Like, at least there's a history of that. Yeah. And, like, you know, or just having a ghostwriter is like, you know, or hearing a reference track that's not supposed to come out. <laughs> it's like, it's such a big thing. And, you you dabbling in the the writing side as well as the producing side. Would you ever write for someone else, and, and would you ever sing someone else's lyrics that like were written for you? I, I think that'd be really interesting, honestly. Just because uh, that's another way of pushing yourself. You know, you gotta you gotta use 
someone else's words in your own way. You know what I mean? And that may not be the way that they wanted to, but um, like going back to all this like hip hop stuff, when you say like lyrics from a different song, you put different meaning to it, or maybe you're using the same meaning. That's like the beauty of it. You know, it could mm-hmm. go two ways, for sure. When we, when we talk about beat selection too, that's almost it's, it's looked at as like a skill yeah. in the genre, which some people I think don't fully understand. But like being able to to hear the beat and then like make something profound out of it, I think uh, uh, it was the Pusha T one with the clips, okay. one of the one of the beats they had, like grinding. Like, I remember being like hearing someone say like like I don't know how you heard the, like a, a hit song out of this beat. Yeah. If you're just listening to it by itself, kind of do. How, how do you go about beat selecting? I know you, the thing is you create them yourself and like making the music um, for your own alias and whatnot. But how does that process go like for you? And also, you know, making beats for other artists. Yeah. What is that experience like? Um, it's really weird. I think going into like working with Running to Utopia, it was a funny experience just because um, I like to collaborate. But something like that is like it's really funny because it's like they're people from like somewhere else you know what I mean like you can't really meet with them but I was lucky enough for them to click with my music so I knew when I made a beat it was like back then like when I made a there's a beat for Bruises by Mo Gardens and Mm -hmm. I think that that beat when I made it I was like I can hear like running to Utopia or something like that and he ended up making a song with it himself so I was glad that it clicked and with people like that it was like you just you find people that like your music and that's pretty cool and in terms of beat selections it's like whatever kind of because when I'm making music it's like my first process is like drums I want to make drums that sound like Kevin Parker I want to make drums that sound like Mile Tie Club or something like that mm-hmm. so I think it all comes from just being inspired because as long as you're inspired you're going to make something that's as good or just you know the same as that you know what I mean do you enjoy producing for yourself or for other people more or do you see it as like a different thing at all? I see it as a, a totally different thing, just because it's like, um, like going back to like singing lyrics and it having different meaning than someone intended. It's like a lot of the beats I put on YouTube, someone might like throw a trash like <laughs> or something. You get the instant reaction, yeah, yeah and it, or something like, especially when people boot like the the beat, you know, when I'm selling it, mm. and they're like put a trash. I'm like, hey man. <laughs> You're not doing this justice, man. I'll be totally cool with you ripping my beat, but come on. Yeah. Nah, but that's, that's just jokes. But, like, um, I think it's different because it's, like, you know, I would have made a song using that beat, but it would have had a different vibe. And then giving it to someone else, they made it into something different, which is really cool. But I honestly prefer making music for myself just because it's, like, mm-hmm. a rewarding experience because, like, I, again, I'm, like, trying to pay homage to the artists that I like. So when I finish a beat that's for myself, like for um, morning sun or that night, it's like, I'm like, yeah, I can totally see this like being like Mile High Club kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. Going back to KTSW, you mentioned running to Utopia. Yeah. And I think the story goes you were on Instagram on the Discover page yeah. and you found like, I think a, either a beat or, or some of their music and you you... And you obviously have the background of producing and making tight beats and all kinds of stuff. But how did that court, like, how did that, um, how did y'all get started, like, working together? Because you made beats for them prior to then eventually interviewing them at KTSW. Yeah. What was that like, man? So it was really weird. It was a fun experience. It was like, um, it was the age of, like, Brock Hampton. 
So like Brockhampton was like coming out like 2017, 2018. Yeah, saturations and all that. Yeah, and so it was like groups were a big thing, collectives were a big thing, and uh, I guess that's why they were so pop, like not popular, but like um, they were on my newsfeed because I was interested in that kind of stuff. And I think it was like a song or a clip of a song, and then um, I got into that. Like I remember, I don't even remember messaging them a whole lot. I think I was following them for a while, and then. It became familiar, you know. I was liking the posts, seeing their stories, and then um, one day I think we just messaged, and I was like, "I'm gonna send you some beats," like <laughs> just like right off the bat. I think I'll send you some beats, or or maybe I was posting beats and they're like, "Send us some beats." But um, yeah, and I sent them a pack of beats, and then they made a couple songs. But they had an EP that was like, I guess it was on their um, someone's phone. They were making it on their phone. And they lost that phone. So I, I guess some of those beats that were mine were in that EP and they got lost for a, couple, for a while. So like when we got into uh, last year, they released, um, or 2019, they released some songs that um, I had produced in like 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really, that was like, like a time capsule kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because I saw my progression and their progression. But clicking with them was really cool because they have a very like... Um, spacey vibe you know that i really dig and the the way that they um use their instrumentals and rap it was kind of just like right up my alley yeah so uh, i kind of feel like i progressed along with them even without knowing them you know what i mean because you know now we see more gardens with bruises on that beat and that's kind of like really cool i don't know just yeah. a cool thing it's interesting because when you think about entertainment and the production side of things, and especially with music, yeah. sometimes it can be like an immediate release of something. You made something in X amount of time and it comes out in Y amount of time. And there's other situations where similar to what you're saying, like you make something a long time ago and it comes out way later yeah. and you obviously have seen like your own progression and whatnot. How does that feel here? I know you mentioned the time capsule aspect to it, but... Do you ever feel like insecurity or kind of like, man, like I, I wish, like I've gotten so much better now. I kind of want to, you know, work, like rework this or improve because sometimes I feel like for me personally, even when I put something out, like an article or whatever, yeah. I'm even writing on, on a more personal level. I always can look back. I'm like, man, I should have said this. or man, I should have did this. Like, do you have those feelings at all? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, but I think with music, it's kind of interesting because it's like, uh, it's two ways of looking at it. It's like you were trash or you were not this you were not trash, you know what I mean? And I don't know man, I have insecurities about it just because it's like uh, I know where I wanna go, but it's like, do I really wanna like do that aspect of it, you know what I mean? I, I just wanna do it for fun. I just wanna do it to be fulfilling and stuff like that. And looking back on my older stuff, it's like um it's just really good to see progression and stuff like that. Sometimes you need that, sometimes you need to like be like I did come from here now. You know what I mean? No, I definitely see that, man. Yeah. Back to running to running um, uh, to Utopia. Yeah. It's interesting because the first article you wrote for KTSW was the interview with them, man. And I remember just being kind of blown away. I was like, oh, wow, he's, you know, he's doing a, he's an interview with the first one. And, yeah. like, he, and this is, like, a legitimate group and everything. And you had, had a great rapport with them. So it's was like, what was that experience like getting to, to talk to them, you know, with – the KTSW kind of cloud behind you and everything like that. Well, it was it was awkward, man. I gotta just because. And that was your first time meeting them, right? Yeah, it didn't help either. I was like, man, like I'm so nervous, man. First time meeting them, and I'm interviewing them, so it was like I'm an awkward person as it is. Like, so I tried to make it the best, but it was pretty chill. Um, they were really chill about it. I, like, they gave me the opportunity. I like to think because, you know, like 
I've known them for so long and I was just like, hey, I'm gonna interview you because you know, I'm getting into journalism. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And they gave me the time and that's what I really respect them for. Like, they, they probably like uh, helped me push, push me to be like better at journalism too. Mm. So um, I was really grateful for that even though I was like <laughs> freaking awkward <laughs> at the time. Man, I was like, yeah. But it, it went pretty smooth. It's crazy because now you're on the other side of things yeah. today, which is which is really uh, really fascinating to watch the kind of kind of progression things come come about. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a trip. Back, it's it's quite a trip, man. I didn't expect this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited, man. I have a lot of fun to, with you. Um, back to Pink Box, and because I wanted to ask you, in the bio you talk about an album. Yeah. But we've only heard the singles, man. When is the album coming? I don't know, man. I, <laughs> so, I hope there's an album coming. I've always... That's my bucket list, man. Just, like, creative bucket list is, like, make an album. It don't gotta be, like, like the first to, like, the second. You know, just, like, one album. Yeah. One thought-out process. And I think uh, putting it out there, like, as Pink Fox is, like, oh, he's gotta make the album to come back to his time. I think as long as I make an album, it's, like fulfilling as it is you know yeah, I mean? you'd be content with that yeah, yeah pretty much do you think you'd make something with like a, like a i know there's already a concept to your character yeah. and your alias and, and alter ego in a way but do you think the project would be like a concept would it follow the story that, that you've already kind of laid out yeah for sure i do have some songs that i've recorded that were in the concept but they were super cheesy and i was like Man, <laughs> i don't know i gotta tone it down a bit so yeah definitely i really want to follow the concept more so of like production side like using 70s techniques and stuff but um i've really always loved like concept albums that had skits and stuff like that mm, i think really. that would be really interesting in a project so yeah maybe i would i'll would be really intrigued to see that yeah and, and, and hey if you need an a r man i got you I, I got you for exactly. sure and and with running to utopia man like when is the is there, is there a collaboration coming again do you think you'll you'll link back up with them anytime soon i think i'll link back but Naturally, you know what I mean? Like, it's gotta I think, be a genuine thing, yeah, yeah. for sure. I think they're doing their own thing, they just released a project uh, a while back, and I think they're doing they're doing really good. They're, they got a fan base for themselves, and they're really well known in their community, from what I see. I really do hope we link up again. I'm like, hey, put me on again. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in terms of that, I think naturally, I think if I ever have a beat that I think that's good for them, I'll send it to them for sure. What is your bucket list for people you want to collaborate with? Man, uh. I really want to like hang out with Kevin Parker. <laughs> I really want to hang out with Rick Rubin at his studio. Rick Rubin, yes, yeah, yes, man. Yeah. Yes. The freaking wizard. Really like on some Godfather type stuff yeah, in hip hop exactly. in, in many ways, yeah. And uh, I want to hang out with like Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Mac DeMarco. He's got a like, beautiful studio. And Kenny Beats, man. Kenny Beats, man. Go, go to the cave? Yeah, I want to go to the cave, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm an awkward person, but hey. Could you pump out a beat in like a couple minutes? Of course, yeah. yeah. You think so? You yeah. keep up with Ke- uh, Kenny Beats in that situation? I don't think it'll be good, but I think <laughs> that's funny, bro. You can flip it for me. So who's who's the who's the the favorite producer? I know you talk a lot about Steve Lacey yeah. and Kevin Parker. Is there one that you like really see as like the pinnacle for you? Kevin Parker, I think. Kevin Parker. I got I got so much love for Steve Lacey, but Kevin Parker is like. Currents is should is like the ultimate album for me. Like yeah. he did it by himself. He I think he mixed and mastered it. I don't think he mixed and mastered it by himself. But um, just the thought of Kevin Parker like making something as iconic as Currents, you know what I mean? It's like 
the less I know, the better. He made that by himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm changing. That was all him, you know. Yeah. I think because I'm a man. Yeah, because I'm a man. That's you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a a beautiful freaking song like, with all the the like the whole album has like this whole like, you know like thought out sound, and I think that's amazing to see from one person. I think another artist I'd like to shout out is uh, Joe. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with him, uh, Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Oh, come okay. uh, Steve Harrington, but he's a phenomenal artist too. He's like on the level of like Tame Impala and stuff. He does it by himself too, and with the help of another producer, I think. But uh, I think the concepts are by himself. So, but definitely Kevin Parker for sure. That's, that's that's really dope, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like, uh, I was listening to the Currents on the way here, actually trying yeah. to get into the vibe of like, because I knew that was kind of like, kind of adjacent to the music that you like and everything yeah. um and love love slash paranoia was the one i remember i was like man i've not heard this song in such a long time and that was the one that like really hit me i don't yeah. know how you feel about that one that's a great song man i, I really love that song um i think it's like a really cool juxtaposition because it starts off really like like really like like rushes into it and it's a cool beat and then it gets really slow like romantic and i think that's like a beautiful song too yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the romance side of things. You mean a really easy segue now because yeah. <laughs> the music that you created under Pink Box is so romantic, yeah. man. It's definitely got like that that love kind of aspect to it. I know, like, do, do you create music with a person in mind? I know you mentioned your girlfriend, but yeah. like, do you have like a creative muse to say? Uh, definitely my girlfriend, man. I think um, just the life that we've been living is, it's like when you're in a relationship, it's like, you're learning just as much about yourself as you are about another person mm-hmm. and how to work with someone. It's like a beautiful thing. So I think I pull a lot from that and obviously just a lot of what you want in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's a, what's the ideal date, man? Ideal yeah. date? Yeah. Man, our ideal dates in the, in Del Rio, man, and it used to be the movies and going out to eat, mm-hmm. cruising around. That's like our ideal thing, man. Sure. What's something you could put on for, for some of the people listening who want to kind of spice it up a little bit and do something unique what's something that you maybe you're interested in doing that you may not have had a chance to do or maybe or let me ask you this have you ever made like a playlist or or like a mixtape for for the significant other before yeah for sure yeah um there's a playlist on my spotify that's called uh i think it's uh called uh, 1920 like 19-20 because it was like i met her when we were like uh 19 and 20 and that was like a very like pinnacle time in my life too I was getting into different types of music and stuff. So I think that Spotify playlist is like, it shows every type of music that I like, uh, that made me like the person that I kind of am today. Do you feel like music is, is um, like, is, is there like a deal breaker for you when it comes to relationships? Do you feel like you need to have someone who can kind of match your, your energy and love for it? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think it's a deal breaker, but I think that I like to think about it like this way. Like everyone has their own, like perspective on music and my, my girlfriend for instance she likes a lot of the alternative like the cure um mm. you know stuff like that and i was never into that so when we started dating i was like that's pretty dope too like you know what i mean mm. and she does have the same love for music as me we both share the same love for tim and paula and stuff like that so um that's definitely really cool what is what is your what is your ultimate goal when it comes to music man what do you want to achieve Definitely an album and to perform at Pink Box. <laughs> you know, I have this vision of Pink Box. It's like, a, I don't know if you tell by the cover art, but it's like the glasses and the mustache. Yeah. I want like my whole band to wear glasses <laughs> and a mustache and a blazer. And I think that'd be really sick. 
it's funny because I feel like every producer, even just artists themselves, like they kind of have their own unique kind of flavor touch to them. Is that is that kind of like what you envision for yourself in Pinkbox? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I, I get that from uh, from like Joe. Joe does the exact same thing. Joe is like a he wears like a a wig and like a mustache and sunglasses. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Krungbin. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, great band. They they have uh, they do this thing. They the two um, the guitarists and the basses they wear wigs. Really? Like long wigs. And it's really cool. So, and Daft Punk obviously getting some inspiration from them. I think it's really cool. Just, it's kind of being yourself in a way. You know what I mean? It really is, man. Yeah. I think it's the ultimate self expression. Yeah, exactly. Do you feel, okay, let me ask you this. What do you think is, is the biggest way for you to express yourself? Is it through music? Is it through writing? Like, which are producing, singing? Which one do you think for you is like the best way to express yourself? Or is it something where, you know, there's different. Uh, outlets and they might be t- tailored for different emotions you may have you know um, I think overall I think creating in in, a, in like the most broad sense is my way of expressing myself and I, if I can't do music for whatever reason I'm gonna draw or I'm gonna write you know what I mean yeah that's just kind of the way I express myself but I think the number one for sure is music producing beats and stuff like that it's like I may not be like like overjoyed or I may not show emotion all the time yeah but I think through beats you get to hear like oh that's how I'm feeling you know what I mean no I definitely feel that man yeah is there is there like a venue that you like ideally would want to perform at because you mentioned wanting to perform as pink pink box and I know sometimes like an artist will have a place that like is really big in their mind that they yeah. would love to perform at this is a uh, funny but like I think the place that I would love to perform at is back home in Derby, mm. just because um, they have this thing all summer. They don't have it now because of COVID, but it was called Noches Musicales. And it okay. was like all summer, all the weekends of the summer, there's going to be a band playing. Like two bands at once playing. I mean, two bands that like back to back, they're going to be playing one night. So I think like going back home and like performing there would be so funny just because it's like it's so, because they perform like Mexican music, you know what I mean? Spanish yeah. music. And and country and stuff like that, the traditional stuff there. And it's like, if I go back there and I ask to perform, which I may or may not be able to, but it'll be hilarious because it's like a totally different style of yeah. music. Is I, your family familiar with your, the music that you create and, and the beats that you, uh, you've created? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my family is, uh, They, my cousin is actually really interactive with me on Model Blonde. Mm-hmm. He follows me, he's always like, oh, sick beat, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks, thanks, cuz, but it's <laughs> Um, my brother was really big on like the hip hop thing. Yeah. He loved the fact that he was like he loved the fact that I loved music like him, and I made the music. He was really interested, and I was always like, "Man, come on, hop on the mic." Yeah. What about and your sister, man? Uh, my sister is it, she likes it a lot, and I think she doesn't realize how much she put me on. You know what I mean? At times, <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, man, I got into this because of like you." Half the time, and my cousin, I'm like, "Hey, you played Skrillex that one time." I'm like, "That's the reason I make beats." Yeah. And so I think they have a major influence. And definitely my mom, too, because she loves, like, pop music, like Blondie. I don't know if you're familiar with Blondie. And, like, all over, just, like, all this music. So, yeah, for sure. What's your plans for Mother's Day, bro? Hang out with the mom. (laughs) Hang out with the mom. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing, bro. It's incredible, man. Um, I've had a great time talking to you, bro. I I think it's, it's so crazy how this all came to fruition, like, Towards the end of the in the semester, and then just like this, this being just like the first time we've interacted in like a personal setting like this is, is pretty crazy. Yeah. 
one of the things I wanted to ask you, I know putting people on the spot is always tough, but top five, bro. Top five? Top five, man. Uh, any genre? I'll, I'll, you, you have a very, you know, multifaceted kind of taste with the music, so I'm going to say any genre, and it doesn't have to be in order. Okay, I'm going to pick producers, so um, number one. I like them. Yeah, I like I'm them. starting with Kevin Parker, favorite producer. Um, Kenny Beats, uh, Steve Lacey, producing. Um, Alright, alright, alright. Let me see. It's always when you get to like three minutes. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, I spent all day with this shit. <laughs> okay, um, Kevin, Kenny Beats, Kevin Parker, Mac DeMarco, I love his production. Yeah. Um, and there's one more, man. Tip of my tongue. Mm. <laughs> Beatles, cool. I'm gonna go with Beatles, man. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> As production, you know, I really love. I get I get a lot of inspiration from the Beatles too because just of like how much ground they covered in the seventies, you know. I mean, in the sixties, and then um, that kind of like was really inspirational to me for sure. Is there any advice that you give to people who are interested in music or producing, writing for KTSW, writing in general? What would you? What was like the last word you give to people who are listening that may be interested in pursuing something similar to you? Do it, man. Be yourself. There's this thing that I like to think. It's like you know, you're gonna. Everyone's like, oh, I wish I could make music. As long as you have the thought that you're gonna make, you're gonna make it like someday. Yeah. You're gonna make music someday. Or you know, as long as you have an interest in mind, you gotta do it because you know you never know what it could lead to. And don't think it's gonna lead to like you know land of riches and fame and stuff like that. But it, it might take you to Texas State. It might take you to KTSW. You know what I mean? So I like that a lot, man. Yeah, it's sure. been a pleasure, man. It's been such a pleasure working with you this semester, man. I really hope to collaborate in the future. Don't be afraid to hit me up. Yeah, for sure. Um, for people who are interested in, in listening to your beats, listening to your music, where can they find you, bro? Uh, definitely on Model Blonde if you're interested in uh, any type beats and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I'm purchasing my beats. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, for real. Yeah, this is your chance to plug it. Yeah, for sure. Model Blonde, check it out. Um, uh, Pinkbox on Spotify and um, follow my Instagram at underscore Jezzy J-E-Z-Z-Y uh, I post music stuff from time to time so yeah it's pretty cool that's what's up man I appreciate you bro yes sir